Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... Johnny Mac, thank you so much for being on The Bra and the Brave. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. It's, uh, I've been listening to quite a few of the episodes. It's, it's great. Love it. Oh, thanks very much. That's yeah. lovely. Thanks for doing that. That's really kind. Yeah, no doubt you'll know people that have been on the podcast. Well, I mean, the reason why you're on the podcast is that our mutual amazing friend, Ryan Moyer, was able to make this happen. Oh, love Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I'll send you the 10% all you. Thank you. But actually, Johnny, eh, I'm not sure if you realise, we have actually met in person. It was a fleeting meeting. I didn't mean that for that to rhyme. I think it was circa like 2015. It was at the SECC. I was being a Kennedy cupcake and you were Francine Josie. You had a stand uh, at this like women's yes, day or yes, something. Yes, 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 yes. And we were leaving, I remember, and you were like, oh, check your outfits. And we were like, oh, check your outfits. And we had a wee moment. And I was like, how cool. And then, and then yeah, we left. So we actually have met, but it was very interesting. Uh, oh, well, it was nice to meet you in person. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But I guess you get this all the time with people that they say they feel you know they know you. Do you get that a lot? Uh, yeah, but also I've got a terrible memory as well. You know, you, that was 2015. My mind only goes to like 2021, maybe. The rest of it is white, you know. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, but I enjoy that as well. I love it when people come up and go, oh, do you, oh, you know, I've been watching Pantomime or I've been Francie and Josie and, you know, and, you know, or you've put things on Facebook and uh, Instagram about shows or things or, you know, they ask about my dog and all that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> so, I have seen you in action. I've seen you in panto, just pure joy personified. I think that's what you give on stage is that people feel they do know you because it just feels very authentic. Obviously, it's panto, it's full on, it's high energy, but people get a sense of that's who you are. Would you say that is who you are, or do you have another side? Uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love pantomime. Any kind of interviews or anything that you'll have listened to or read, then, you know, pantomime is, is the main uh, thing. It dominates my year. Um, and uh, kind of for three weeks in January, I, I kind of, uh, once it's finished, I'm kind of like really down and don't know what to do with myself. And then we start talking about the next year. So, um, yeah, absolutely love, love it. Um, and... I, th- I think as well when you know, you know when you're someone's night out or you uh, you know someone's annual trip to the pantomime, then you have to give a hundred percent all the time, and that, that you know not only on a Saturday night, you know on a Tuesday afternoon, because you know when pantomime finishes, I go and tour around all the other pantomimes and go and watch on a Tuesday afternoon, and I actually love it a little bit more, uh, kind of when you're thinking that people at their work or, you know, at school or things, but you're watching kind of two hours of magic and joy and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, I love for pantomime, really. So where does that come from? Is that Does that come from going to panto as a young person? Um, how do you arrive at this place where panto is 
so much of your life? Uh, well, um, I think from being in youth theatre in Kilmarnock, of, of doing shows is probably where I fell in love, definitely, with, with theatre. Uh, pantomime uh, used to go uh, with my family. Um, my birthday's the 29th of December, so and it was always, um, you know, the schools were off, so never had a party. Uh, but we would always go uh, up to Glasgow and uh, and watch the pantomimes. So I think that my love, uh, kind of, I guess if you were kind of a psychologist, was probably from there. So the, the kind of happy memories, and, and 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 I remember vividly as a child. I mean, I've, I've not got a great memory, but I vividly remember watching pantomimes and hearing the the noise from the audience and just the laughter and going, "Oh, this is good." And. Uh, and then one year I actually ended up on stage with Andy Cameron. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just remember, I, I remember leaving the theatre and people coming up and going, oh, you were a great wee man, well done, that was brilliant. And, and it was like, oh, well, you know, I can still remember that and that feeling. So I think, yeah, that's probably where it came from. Um, and I just, I love the art form. Um, I love how that is inclusive um, from, uh, you know, young kids to uh, kind of, kind of older people as well like and everybody can take something from it and I love making people laugh on that kind of broad spectrum so that everybody can get you know within a two hour show go away thinking that you know they've got jokes for them and you know but it encompasses everybody and and uh, you know and being part of people's Christmas as well like that I love the fact that um, I get them um, messages saying you know well we've been coming for 10, 15 years, you know, and, and, you know, you're part of our Christmas and all that. And that really does mean a lot to me. So That's so special. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, you know, I've been going to see pantos since I was a kid, but have, you know, working in the arts, I've never actually worked in a panto until the summer. We did a summer panto. So Ryan and I did a summer panto in the Theatre Royal. And um, when we got the script and, you know, I was reading through it and I was like, oh, this is, you know, like just, seeing it from that side you know obviously you go to a panto and you're like having a lovely time enjoying it but actually when I saw the nitty-gritty of how you actually conduct a panto you put it together and then when we started working on it and it was with young people and it was so inclusive and it was that thing where we could write in parts and bits for you know some kid would say something and we're like that's amazing or you can do a voiceover or like anything's possible yeah. and I think there's that element as well obviously with the roles that I've seen you play there is that element of like oh let's come <laughs> next you know some of it seems like off the cusp or you know reactive to the audience is that true or is that you just making it feel like that? Uh, no no there, there is uh, definitely times where it is off the cuff um when you do kind of 62 shows you want or you know I think I think that's what we do this year but um you, you have to keep it fresh for people on stage as well you know a lot of work goes into uh, making making it feel uh, sometimes that it is off the cuff, but you know, with certain certain things, or if you're using it, any kind of technical stuff, then 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 it has to kind of be rehearsed. But but yeah, I, I love the freedom of that that character. You know, kind of being able to talk to the audience and kind of kind of step out the story um, and be able to react to the audience because you know we we rehearse. Uh, you know, we're, we're planning the the pantomime from I would say. Uh, well, there's a few text messages in January, but then February, and then the first meeting's maybe March, and then we start kind of um, putting it together. Um, um, and then so when you get to uh, November, then you've pretty much hopefully got the, the script in a good place for 
for the rehearsal. And are you quite hands-on in that process? Over the past few years, yeah, I've been really lucky um, working with uh, uh, Crossroads. I would say, yeah, since I've been at the Kings, um, uh, I've uh, kind of been allowed um, in early, um, which is great as the kind of Elaine C. Smith encourages that, So, um, which is fantastic. So, it's, yeah, we have kind of uh, meetings um, kind of a couple of times. Um, a month maybe just to kind of update or what about this what about this routine maybe this etc um, so then but when you get into uh, in November or actually into the rehearsal room then a lot of the hard work is pretty much done you're not kind of standing around going what would be a good gag for here or what you know um, <laughs> and what what is your panto journey because it feels like obviously the Kings is like you know to perform in the King stage and we can obviously talk yeah. about that I mean that building just is like if we if was could talk exactly and and the kind of memory and the kind of the people that have gone before us on that stage in pantomime Stanley Baxter Jared Kelly Ricky Fulton that you know the list goes on but uh, so that you know for me uh, uh, you know loving pantomime so much that that is the kind of the top of the mountain of of pantomime and and the the King's Glasgow is such uh, kind of etched in history of of such a great uh, kind of pantomime history um, so yeah it's fantastic to perform there um, I love it and what is that a goal like are you a goal orientated person so you know, you go from youth theatre, and I know we've jumped like to like <laughs> the opposite <laughs> end of the scale kind of thing in terms of your journey. Um, was that the goal, or is it just like a happy, not accident, but it's just a natural progression? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I definitely always wanted to work at the Kings. Um, I started um, when I left youth theatre, uh, and then I went and worked abroad as a kind of an entertainer. Uh, I did that for six months. Then I then I started doing stand up in the clubs. Um, two of my friends were a singing duo, and they allowed me to go and do kind of ten fifteen minutes in their break. Basically, they would do like two forty five minutes, and then I'd be able to go on and do fifteen minutes and kind of hone my, hone my craft on my act whilst I was doing telly sales stuff. But then then I was working for a children's theatre company that toured pantomimes around primary schools, and I did that for about eight years maybe um, and then I, I was kind of directing the shows and uh, kind of selling them to the schools and things but that you know that you kind of learn you know the kids tell you very quickly what's good and what's not good so and then my first pantomime theatre pantomime was in crew with uh, Charles Vance so um, and I played uh, Wishy Washy and Aladdin um, so yeah then it went from there and then, I, then I, I got the chance to come up to Air the Air Gaty which is another fantastic theatre as well and then I went to the King's Edinburgh which was fantastic for me I was there for two years uh, and then I was at the Pavilion for five years um, and then ended up at the King's but I never I, I, honestly I didn't I didn't think the King's would happen because the people that put the pantomime in was another company um, and I was working for the other company. Strangely enough, when I, I started going out with my wife, we made uh, vision boards. Yes. Well, I'd never done one before, but um, she was like, oh, you should do this. So I was like, and I actually, I'm, I've still got it in that, the, the flat, but, um, and, and there was a, I did, I cut out pictures of various things and I'd cut out a picture of the Kings and stuck it on there, but never really thinking that it would happen. And when it did, I was kind of, you know, blown away. Because uh, I went to the SEC as well. I did uh, down at the, the Armadillo, which was was brilliant. Which was um, um, with Kudos, um, and then and then came to the Kings. So, um, yeah, but 
I kind of sometimes I kind of pinch myself and kind of feel like I've won the golden ticket because to kind of you know start off touring primary schools and and then uh, and you know and and be going to pantomime and loving it so much and going to see all other ones and then ending up at the Kings. There's nowhere else I want to go. But you say that, you know, it's graft, it's hard work. Like you've put the hours, the effort, the energy, the creativity into that journey. Do you mean, you didn't just stick something in a vision board and it just happened. You know, you didn't just think it and it happened, like you did it. You know, it sounds like you were on the ground doing the thing that you loved, honing your craft. Maybe. <laughs> But I mean, I mean, it's it's a big seller for vision boards. Well, Everybody's yeah, going to be making one yeah. now. And most of the stuff on there came true as well. But I think it's like you've got to have that self belief as well, though. It's great if you've got other people championing you and saying you can do this. This is great. But you have to have that um, want and and self belief to go after it. See that um, stand up, that initial um, set that you you were doing. Would you say that was you creating a character that you have now taken into pant, or was that totally different to what? you do now in terms of your panto career? Um, kind of the character when I first started. So I was doing, when I was doing uh, the the abroad stuff, it was more when I came back and when I went into the clubs and then I created a, a show uh, of Meet the Max, so, which was um, all I kind of did, you know, a little schoolboy and my granny and, and various other characters that kind of within that hour. And I haven't, I haven't trained anywhere, but I kind of found it easier to kind of put that mask on or, or costume on and be kind kind of someone else. So um but then my really my 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 panto character is probably or, or is um from going and watching, you know, the people that I really look to look up to and admire um and the energy that they bring to it because uh you know sometimes perhaps not so much now but Panto gets a, a bad rap or like, oh, it's pantomime, oh, you know, and, and some people think, oh, you, you know, anyone can do pantomime. It is true, anyone can do pantomime, but to do pantomime well, you know, it is an art forum um, and, and, and you have to come at it from the right angle. So um, really it's kind of like, it was kind of watching people um, and saying, oh, that, I really like that and I really like that energy and I really like when they do that and, and things. So, um, yeah. Nicking lots of stuff, probably. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, creative license. That's that's what yeah. we're all doing for sure. But it's lovely that you were so like it was your passion. You loved it. Do you know what I mean? And that you've you've made it your your career. Um, and you're right in what you're saying in terms of like the the craft of panto. Like it is a total skill to be able to do mm. it well. Like timing the energy that is required you know just to fill that big space and everything's large in life the props are large in life the costumes are huge like you've then got to come onto that stage and command you've got to override all of that it's it's a it's a huge undertaking do you know what I mean and that that breaking the fourth wall thing and you were saying like obviously there's technical elements that you can't just wing it and do what you like and everybody backstage is like having a <laughs> flaky <laughs> like so it's a fine line of yeah like being in the moment and and going with things and maybe going off piece a wee bit but I'm sure then it's that technical ability of being like and now we're back on track because things are happening and I need to be at that mark exactly and also as well it's you've got you know you for your fellow performers who, who are on stage with you as well that's the thing you can, you can go off kind of on a tangent but as long as you come back and 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 you know bring them bring them along with you bring the audience along with you and then come back so that they feel safe that you're not just you know 
hanging everyone out to dry, you know, so you've got to come back to where, where you left off. So, you know, you've got you mindful as well of everyone on stage. But the, but that's what I love about live performance is that, you know, you, the people that come and watch it, they're only watching it once. And kind of, you know, when you hit that oil well of something that's not happened, you know, for the first eight shows and then it happens and then you're like, oh, you know, find the funny. When you find the funny that just, just happens, I, I love that kind of impulsive something that, that that will happen um yeah yeah that's what I, yeah and, and exactly breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience as well like so you know for two and a half weeks rehearsal the first three days are fantastic and then then i start to miss the laughs you know when you're you, you know you're opening spot and you're out there for like four minutes and you know everyone in the room's head and it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you know by the time it comes to dress rehearsal you're like i don't think i'm funny anymore yeah i've been found out yeah yeah definitely not be here next year so really enjoy this so can't imagine the elation though do you know I mean like you, you know yourself like if you're in company and you say something remotely funny and you do get a laugh like it's a pure buzz like I don't say many things that are funny so have your love it I'm like I was pure clever I was dead funny with it you know yeah. <laughs> I'll milk it no, for exactly. worth. I am somebody who never remembers a joke somebody will tell me a joke and I'm like I'm going to remember that and I'm going to tell that joke and their stuff I'm uh, absolutely rubbish so I can't imagine like on the level that you do it and you're getting like you know thousands of people laughing you know and that's that um community aspect of like laughter of comedy barriers are dropped but in a space I mean I know it's like any theater you go and see a, a a show and you're all in it together you're all experiencing it in the moment all these different people you don't know who's came from where what their day's been like and you're it's a communal experience but I think it's a totally different experience when it's comedy when it's playful as well it's childlike mm. like panto it's really special because i think oh i've got this opinion that as adults we don't play enough like we're just stop we just go and that's the playing done serious business right. now no playing and i'm like it's so important to play like play play yeah. a game i don't think i've ever stopped <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good, but, don't. yeah exactly especially <laughs> what's going on and you know normal grown-up life and everything that's happening in the moment the world's a bit of a scary place but so that's you know we've kind of talk about it a lot backstage but you know if that's the thing if you can for that two and a half hours someone can come in and and and, and almost forget what's happening outside and and kind of lift their spirits then then you've done your job you know and it is your job and and uh, you know people are paying you know a lot of money to come and see you so so you, you want to make it the best it can be or give your best every single time you have to kind of be match fit and that's why the rehearsals and the, the the writing and the and the in May thinking about Christmas, the twelve days of Christmas, or the, mm. <laughs> the kind of kind of routine. So yeah. The other night there, I was doing a class and I was trying to start a Christmas thing, and I was saying to the, the kids, "Right, I'm going to say a word," and they were like, "Right." And I was like, I don't think you're supposed to say it before Halloween. They were like, "Oh, looking around," and they're all lovely kids. And one of them was like. Is it shut up? And I was like, no, I would never say shut up to uh-huh. use. And then somebody else was like, is it a bad word? And I was like, no. It starts with a C. And then somebody was like, Christmas. Uh, yes. Yes, my friends, we're starting a Christmas dance in October. Oh, brilliant. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm sure the parents all love me when they're all going home singing. <laughs> I wish it could be Christmas every day uh, in October. But it's in Glasgow when you drive by and the Christmas trees up in July. I've seen that before. So. <laughs> I can imagine there's a bajillion of these, but 
are there particular on stage highlights or even actually not off stage as well it could be in rehearsals and um, for panto because we'll get on to your many other endeavors but are, are there standout moments where you're like that was cool or that was unexpected or that's just a joyful memory um and all i'm just really happy at the kings at the moment the team is fantastic and, and 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 we've really got you know um from the backstage crew so that does feel like a family uh, joan and michael on the door as well you know you come in and you feel you're you're, you're at home it's also two minutes walk from my house which is absolutely fantastic so because uh, i work away so much in the rest of the year um but on stage, as you were kind of talking about uh, speaking to the kids, that I'm, my, one of my highlights is uh, at the end of the show when we get kind of kids up on stage, and you know, and you, and you know, you, you can't rehearse for that. So just how how they are, and you know, every show they are totally different. I think the audience really respond to that as well because they can see sometimes the fear in my eyes, <laughs> but you know, because you never know what they're going to say, how they're going to be, how they're going to react, and and you have to kind of. Um, guide as much as you can that that 10 minutes of of kind of chaotic uh, question answers and whatever it's going to be so I, re- I really enjoy that and and hopefully creating memories for the kids as well you know that they, they you know as I remember being a, a, a wee kid getting up on the stage then hopefully they will as well well it just shows you like you were saying oh I've got a terrible memory but that memory of being on stage when you were a kid Look where it's got you to, like where it where it yeah. leads to. So yeah, you're yeah, creating yeah. those memories, those moments for young people. Do you know what I mean it's it's such a gift? And um, I was actually in a nursery yesterday talking to somebody, and they were saying they're starting their uh, rehearsals for their nativity, and like she was just saying, like you can't plan for what's going to happen on the day. Like you know, you don't have to touch the baby Jesus; just leave it in the manger. And she was like, the one day, like the, the performance day, that's when somebody <laughs> decides to lift the baby Jesus. Nobody's ever touched it before, but on the performance, when they're on the stage in front of the parents, that's when they lift the baby uh, Jesus. Yeah, and, do yeah, all sorts. Yeah. and you actually see when you get some kids when you get. You know, uh, you know what, what you don't want them to do is freeze on stage. But you can see sometimes when you get them up on stage, within two minutes, a little light comes on in them, and they're like, they suddenly become aware of, oh, that they're getting laughs. This is funny, and then you can see them growing in confidence, which is is brilliant as well. You know, and that's great. I'm just there to hold the mic and see what they're going to say, which is which is great. But you can, uh, you know, you can see you, when they go off. You're like, you've definitely been here before, and you're going to be a performer. You've definitely got that in you. And that's you'll remember that from your um, your theatre days as well. Just that somebody giving you that opportunity to stand on a stage and be somebody else, create characters, be playful, be creative, yeah. like use your imagination like there's nothing better than that like you say it's great that you've not stopped doing that yeah like growing up I I was kind of played uh, kind of football up until maybe 12 13 and then and then um I went to a summer school and just loved Mm. it so much and then and then it became oh well you know you, you have to choose between you know going and playing in February in Stewarton in a cold winter's day or you could go into a, a theatre which is nice and warm and just have a mess around but I think I'll do that so but yeah kind of school even became a kind of side hustle um, but it was all about it was all about that Saturday going to the youth theatre or what, what are we going to do what time are we meeting you know I think the, the youth theatre was only on like one to three but we were out the door at 9am and not back to like eight so um, yeah yeah loved it that day that um, we encountered you in the SECC, in all honesty, I didn't realise that was you at the ah. time. I know part of this story, but for people who uh-huh. don't, 
Francie and Josie, have they always been idols of yours in terms of performance? Uh, yeah, so my, my gran lived with us. Uh, she, yeah, she came to live with us and uh, we used to watch the Francie and Josie tapes at that time um, and you know uh, mum and dad are both from Glasgow so kind of educated as in Francie and Josie uh, uh, and then me and my little sister who's three years younger we used to do the routines to great hilarity uh, and kind of yeah my gran loved it so um, and then my mum took us to the farewell performance or one of the farewell performances at the Kings in Glasgow um, and saw that and then um my best China, um, Liam Dolan, who does pantomime um, at the Pavilion. We were in youth theatre together and, uh, yeah, we were getting the chance to go to the Edinburgh Festival back in the day and it was going. It was £250 each the year to pay for the week um, and we decided, oh, you know, why don't we put on a show? So we created a double act, me and him, and uh, we we'll, would we'll do sketches and... And, and things like that, a kind of two-hour variety show because we love variety. Um, and then uh, we said, oh, why don't we do a tribute to Francie and Josie? That would be good. We could do their growth gag and do this. And, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, great. So we, we then wrote to uh, Ricky Fulton and Jack Mulroy, um, the Francie and Josie, and uh, they wrote back and said, uh, yeah, yeah, you can use the script as long as you stick exactly to that and um, do that. So, okay. so we did that. I think I must have been about 16, 16, 17. Um, so we did that uh, oh, and we vi- we filmed it and video, posted a video tape to them. Um, and then they kept, they, uh, we've, we've oh, still got the, letter, the letters that they sent back to us. Um, obviously the sound quality, uh, yeah, I think Ricky said the sound quality, you know, w- wasn't great, but, you know, I don't think it ever was back in the, the day of recording. Um, <laughs> But he wished us all the best. Um, uh, called his his alter egos, um, and and then we did again and again filmed because uh, the, the show went well and did, did another one and then and then sent the things to them. So um, yeah, and then fast forward yeah ten fifteen years, Liam was doing his own show in Kilmarnock, uh, and uh, over a couple of bottles of wine <laughs> and chatting about ideas for his show. He was like, oh, we should do the Francie and Josie thing. I said, oh, that would be that would be great. Oh, and we'll not tell our parents and then we'll just come on and do it. He said, they would love it. So um, so we, we did that. And um, Jack's wife, Mary Lee, um, was in the audience and then she came backstage and she was like, you should have this out on tour. This is brilliant. Uh, the audience would love this. There's definitely an audience. And my mum had been telling me that for years saying, you know, there's an audience for it. You should listen to your mammy. She knows best. I know, exactly. I know, I know. I know like, everything in my life, listening to my mammy tells me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, then we went put it on sale and uh, and that's where I met you then because we went and did, uh, we're, we're looking for things, how to promote the show. So we took a, a stand there. Yeah, it was fantastic and it's great to, you know, when you're kind of doing stand-up or, or new routines and shows and you're like, oh, well, this work, you don't really know until the day or, you know, the first the first show and then there's, you know, there's always like self-editing and stuff. Just that body of yeah. comedy is absolutely bomb-proof. And so when you go on, when you go on stage and you're just like, I know this works, <laughs> and I know this works, you know, and it's nothing to do with me, it's the, 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 the routines are so, you know, fun. 
Nasty. You say that, but you know the delivery has to be there. Do you know what I mean? And and I'm just so like impressed by you as young people to do that in the the first instance, like to have the confidence to well, first of all, to have the idea to do it, knowing you know the magnitude of that work. Yeah. You obviously acknowledging like the content that it's just tremendous. Like as young people, do do you think at the time like you? recognise the magnitude of them getting back to you and giving you the go-ahead or do you think that's just over time you've been that was quite a yeah, bit well yeah no exactly every time we go, we go back to do a tour and and then and we start you know doing press stuff then yeah for them to take the time to, to write back becomes you keep going wow that is a massive thing and, and kind of really nice because they didn't they didn't need to but obviously seeing that initial performance they were like They've got this. Like, is they weren't going to let you do it if you were absolutely mince at it. Do you know what I mean good quality material or not? <laughs> no, exactly. No, exactly. And and that's the thing. The pressure of doing it doesn't come from all oh, well the material work. It's like we you ha- we have to, uh, you know, and we want to be respectful. And it's you know it's about keeping their memory alive and keeping what they did. Uh, uh, you know, and and you don't want to you know tarnish anyone's kind of experience or memory of Francine Josie so all we're there to do is enhance and, and, and kind of take that walk down memory lane with them and, and, and a live experience and um, yeah I mean it's, it's great it's almost like uh, Carrie Jokey because when you're doing some of the stuff up on stage the audience are, are already tagging the gag but you know that's it's, it's, it's great I, I, you know I love it and then we did we, we introduced doing uh, I Am Jolly as well so and uh, I've never seen every every theatre we've done with it basically the light comes up on the chair and the chair gets a round of applause before I've even walked on and you're like you know that's that's how fantastic Ricky and, and, and Jack were of you know that that you know a chair can get a round of applause before you've even said a word you know that's how much they were loved and adored and it's a privilege to be able to do it um, and to do it with my pal as well you know it's, it's, it's great I love it It seems to me that you are somebody who values tradition you know you're in panto that's a really big scottish tradition and scottish panto as well like how we do it and then the francie and josie thing like is that a thing for you are you are you somebody who's nostalgic who enjoys tradition keeping them alive yeah yeah, definitely i think i think yeah exactly uh, agree with what you what you said um pantomime uh, it's great because working with uh, Crossroads and um, Michael Harrison, who uh, we're similar age, but he, you know he is the big boss um, for Panto. Um, and I remember going to I loved Panto, and I remember going to watch a, a production in Newcastle, and exactly where it was, it, it kept to the traditions. But it, you know, pantomime has to evolve to keep the audience coming back. You can see that over the years when the three D thing was ma- massive. You know, we did we with three D glasses and, the, and 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 stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Michael really knows what the next thing's going to be. So so it's so it's able to keep the tradition, but in a modern way, so that you know the kids will be uh, engaged. Um, I'm definitely all about keeping the traditions, but keeping pantomime evolving as it has to to keep the audience. Um, engaged um, and moving forward, um, the Francie and Josie thing. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent myself. And Liam love that style of comedy. Um, we love the kind of well formed joke. Uh, we're big variety fans, big Francie and Josie fans, Cranky's fans, 
Cannonball fans, you know, mm. that kind of stuff was really what we were brought up on. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, tradition. I think I'm traditional. The comments and the things you know, from the audience that you'll be privy to, you know, you'll be hearing stuff in panto, you know, the front row, the f- first couple of rows, you'll be hearing and seeing the reactions of people. Like, there must just be some stuff that people come out with that you're just, like, having to keep it together. But I just know what people are like, especially at these kind of shows where there is that feeling like we are part of this, you know, like the audience feels part of a panto or they feel part of, like, a comedy uh, show, you know, just being in the audience and sitting next to people sometimes, the stuff that they come out with, I'm just like, if I was a performer, I don't think I could hold it together. Yeah. <laughs> like, you must have heard some crackers yeah, in your day. No, the, the, uh, my, my friend uh, who I worked down here at the Hippodrome um, in Yarmouth, um, he came up to Glasgow to watch Pantomime. I, I, I wasn't in it actually. I went to see another friend um, at the Pavilion before I was in it. And uh, he, he came away, he was like, the audience are just fantastic. He's like, the audience like believe that it's just the baddie on stage talking to them and they're just having a conversation back. Not even, you know, not, you know, everybody's having an individual conversation with this guy. And, you know, and this was a Saturday night, so the place was rocking. Um, but he was like, that is, you know, I mean, he's worked in showbiz and, and, and the whole family have, but he's like, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. It was fantastic. So he was back up every single year because he was just like, I've just got to be there. But the, the, the audience, uh, certainly, in, uh, you know, the pantomime and stuff are, are, are the, the, the extra actor. Mm-hmm. They've they've got to, you know, bring their game as well, as, mu- as much as we have, so, you know, to really kind of, lift it up I mean we could do it without them but we'd look very silly so um so yeah <laughs> and you then mentioned you're that you're quite often not here in Scotland so when you're not pantoing you're not doing Francie and Josie you're down in Great yes Dana? yes I'm here just now um uh I, I work away probably half of the year um so down here at the Hippodrome wow. um which is another f- fantastic building run by a great family I've been working here for 14 years on and off Um, yeah I do uh, an an Easter show which is a pirate show kind of pantomime-esque then we do uh, a summer spectacular which is um, kind of straight circus so acts from all around the world and uh, me and uh, my comedy partner down here Jack uh, we kind of fill in between the acts or changing the stuff over um, and then um, at the moment we're doing a Halloween spectacular which is a bit uh, kind of uh, for the family kind of Scooby-Doo-esque um, peppered with circus acts um, but again more kind of pantomime um, which is uh, great but yeah so I've been here uh, on and off for 14 years. The commitment that it takes to do this kind of work you know because you kind of sacrifice a lot of things you know when you're in the arts and you're freelancing and you're doing your thing like you're away from home a lot Mm. of the time is that something you have made your peace with having done it a long time or is that something that you're still like if there was a way to not have to be away all the time that would be lovely Uh, if I could (laughs) shrink the country that would be that would be good um I'd tell you okay um (laughs) but you know I, I, I love what we're creating here or or I'm allowed to be part of that Um, I remember coming to see the show before I was in it and I was like wow to work here would be fantastic and now I'm doing that Um, I do feel guilty of missing you know birthdays mum dad sister you know sending cards uh, you know 
especially when Moonpig does not arrive. I promise I sent it. Look, there's the receipt. I promise I did. Didn't forget. Look. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, um, um, you know, I miss um, my wife and my friends and family. And um, But if I was back home, you know, I've got bills to pay, like, as all. So. Uh, and, and especially through the, you know, uh, the, we were kind of decimated by the, the, the pandemic. So I need to try and kind of work as much as I can. But yeah, and I love it as well. You know, you, I love it, you know, and they, they come down and visit and, you know, and, and they're great because they do understand that, you know, doing what we do, you can't always work right around the corner. So, um, and so they come down and visit and then when I'm when I'm at home at pantomime then it, it makes it kind of that extra little bit more special because I am two minutes from my house and my friends there are, are, are kind of nearby and can come and see it and I can just pop for a coffee and see them and do that so that makes it kind of uh, kind of extra special but um, I, I, I definitely wouldn't change it because I'm kind of really lucky to be um, doing that I mean the, the only I think this summer we did 122 shows so um, and they were kind of packed full so I don't think there's anywhere in the country at the moment that kind of doing that kind of schedule so but it just shows you that you know um I mean obviously access to the arts for everybody is an issue but it's lovely that to see that people want to be in room in the room seeing live yeah. like because I think there was a moment where we were like will this ever come back you know will there be the want for it as well because I think like the immediacy of like Netflix yeah. and screens and stuff is great like you know and it kept some of us going yeah, yeah. during that time you know but there's my opinion is nothing beats like being in the room no exactly yeah and, and creating that energy in the room as well I think yeah I certainly I was here for whatever lockdown it was, two or three, whatever. But yeah, we were literally getting ready to do the, the dress rehearsal and Boris was on the, the stand shutting the shutting the country down. So then we were off for three and a half weeks and then we, and then another two weeks, I think, and then we opened kind of socially distanced. And, um, but yeah, certainly here and at the Panto as well. The, the, yeah, the, the, the appetite had not waned for, for coming out. Um, so yeah, yeah, and it's well, yeah. I'm about to do the yeah, this afternoon, packed twelve hundred people, today and then tonight as well. So yeah, it's yeah, it's all right. Um, are there any particular rituals that you have to do before you go on stage? Is have you got like your superstitions or just things that you're like, that's my prep, that's what I need to do before I do any performance? And uh, pantomime, the way I, I always, yeah. However, I put the costume on on the. Dress rehearsal is how I do it for the full run. I don't know why. I don't do that in the summer. So whatever sock goes on first, or whatever shoe goes on, or whatever. So <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't know why I do that, but I've always done that. Yeah. So that's kind of specific to panto. And uh, during the interval, usually in the pantomime, I have to do a. a I do a fast recap, so a, a recap of the show, uh, of, of kind of what's happened oh. in a minute and a half. Um, so in the interval, I go and lock myself in the toilet, do that, and run through that, and then say, yeah, this is the night, you'll probably forget it, well done, And but then go on and do it. <laughs> yeah, superstition, yeah, that's probably the only superstition I have, I think. 
must have to really look after yourself though the, the amount of shows that you're doing like you know the numbers that you've just rhymed off in terms of the number of pantos and being down great yeah, mouth like you must have to really like look after your health yeah definitely i mean back uh, you know as i get older certainly back in the day it would be like oh yeah finish the show and let's we'll go out or we'll do something but now kind of everyone uh, and my friends friends and family are kind of you know understand that you know i can't and especially, I think I owe it to the audiences as well, especially, you know, or certainly not burning the candle at both ends. Um, because And because the kind of, the character, the only character I've got, you know, that kind of high energy, um, the, you know, again, back in the day, nothing worse during a summer season of doing the show on a hangover. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the absolute guilt of if the first or second joke does not land and you're like, Oh no, they know, they know, <laughs> they know. Um, as the older I get, they, I kind of, uh, I yeah, I, I kind of try and be mindful and, and and kind of rest as much as possible, and yeah, not not burn the candle at both ends and not go out partying because when in January or you know or when I finish the summer season, um, I have a couple of of, of um, weeks of downtime. Then then I can go out and kind of you know let loose a little bit sounds like boring don't it <laughs> mm. not at all my word not at all absolutely not but yeah I just think it is important like when you're giving so much of yourself like that you do have that downtime you have that recharge you know you get to see family day nothing watch the telly whatever your thing is do you know what I mean like it's so yeah important. I spend most of my wages are spending Holland and Barrett over Christmas it's like you know <laughs> honey lemon ginger you know um and then yeah kind of the all the herbal teas the, the throat comfort and all that yeah i remember the first year at uh, at the kings i was finding the finding the warm-up and all the other things and they chant to lane fine and i went on for my first opening spot and i was like hiya pals and then I was like, oh my god what's happened here and I'm, so, so I get through it and as I come off stage everyone is in the wings, like Elaine's come from dressing. the whole, everybody's lined up, the company manager's there, everybody's like, what's the matter? I was like, I don't know. And they're like, oh no. And then Elaine's like, we'll put the understudy on. I'm like, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be all right, honestly, I'll be all right. <laughs> anyway, so I get through the show, but I don't know what, I, I, like to this day, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was. Um, and then and then I was called in for a, a, a sound check so we kind of did, did the, the, the two shows, but they sounded kind of like this, yeah. Um, and uh, come in the next day, and then it kind of got better. So that's always kind of spooked me slightly. So certainly, I kind of I love a little bit like a hermit, um, kind of to and from the theatre, and yeah, loads of lemon, loads of ginger, loads of honey, yeah, loads of Holland and Barrett. You should have a sponsorship deal. I know, for I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so having achieved and still achieving so much and, and going after those goals and the stuff that was on your vision board and the stuff that wasn't but yeah. has uh-huh. happened. You've curated, you've made that possibility for yourself. Um, is there anything else that you're like, if I got the chance to do that, that would be cool? Uh, I'd love to um, kind of do some stand-up stuff again. Um, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do my, my own show, um some of that. I'd love to do some TV stuff. That's never happened as of yet. I did, well, I did have a couple of lines in there, still game, but um, but I would like to do some uh, some TV 
if possible. And is that you wanting to explore different characters or do you think, are you thinking about taking what you do and putting it on TV? Uh, both, really. Uh, yeah, I just uh, mm-hmm. kind of, just like that kind of chance to see what that's about, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of just keep doing, you know, working at the Hippodrome and definitely and, and doing pantomime at the Kings and um, and and as long as the Francine Josie thing is is doing well then um, to do that with my pal because that doesn't feel at work <laughs> just all the fun all the joy but it's hard work just the same it just obviously comes so natural to you know that you know you can just go and do it I can't do anything else I've got no qualifications to my name uh, and yeah everything else in my life uh, uh, kind of you know being on stage is probably the easiest thing <laughs> it's real life that spooks me <laughs> listen I would stay out of real life as much as you can <laughs> exactly <laughs> avoid it at all exactly. costs exactly sure. um, I must touch on your catchphrase because you kindly said it at the, the start and I, I think I interrupted you when I asked you to um, do a sound check and you said I'm enjoying myself and I was like yes. <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, so Basically, when I was doing stand-up, uh, uh, doing my show, or uh, doing fly-out stuff, cruise ships, uh, and I would kind of do three or four jokes together. And if there was one in there that wasn't as funny as the rest, I would just tag it with, I'm enjoying myself. And it seemed to go really well. Uh, I, I, so I was kind of doing it there. And then... Um, and then when I was doing the Pavilion Panto, I was chatting with uh, the theatre manager, uh, Ian, um, of uh, things, you know, that I could put in my opening spot or kind of some gags. And I said, oh, I'm doing this. I've been doing this catchphrase, this I'm enjoying myself. I said on, you know, not so funny gag to prop it up. I said, and the audience seemed to respond to it. And then so he went away and he was writing the script for The Wizard That Never Was. And... Uh, and then when we got the script through, there was like, you know, 10 or 15, I'm enjoying myself in there. And then, f- so from really that pantomime, um, it, it kind of took off. And at the end, you know, when you have to do those rhyming couplets of we were doing like, you know, have a good time and what the pantomime was going to be next year. And my line was, I'd just step forward and said, well, I'm enjoying myself. And they got a big round of applause. So I was like, well, this is, um, yeah, yeah, I'm on to something here. So, um, so then I've incorporated it into hippodrome pantomime yeah it's not in france and josie because it's not allowed but uh, i mean you've got you've got actual merch yeah i do yes i've got hoodies and t-shirts and mugs and water bottles and stuff and and also when i was doing it in stand-up i was thinking oh you know at least if they don't remember my name they'll go oh i'm enjoying myself that guy says who's the i'm enjoying myself guy I think that's total genius. I know you'll probably be like, it's just a thing. And it's lovely you've been able to take it with you. It's, and it's evolved, do you know what I mean, into something new. Yeah, and I love it as well because it is, as well as the mess, like messages um, from people that have been to see shows, then, they, they, you know, they, they send um, videos of themselves saying it, you know, and being down here in England when they're doing it in the Scottish accent, you know, it's great. You know, I love it. I love it when they send or, or, or their, you know, their little son or daughter or whoever it is is just saying it and you know and then you meet the parents like uh, my, my child says this at five o'clock in the morning every morning I was like well you keep doing that then you're welcome <laughs> yeah exactly I'm sorry 
Johnny, I'm aware of time. You have a performance to do. Um, can I ask you two hingamajig questions before you love oh, us yeah. and leave us? These are random questions that I select. Oh, brilliant. They're just um, one of which I do every single time, but I'll ask you a random before you go. Um, 99 or a nugget wafer? Oh, 99, which is probably about £3.60 now. So true. Um, oh, you were too good at that. I'm going to ask you two more. When I was we, I... Can you finish that sentence? Uh, when I was, when I was wee, I was really wee because there was I was called wee John for about the first ten years of my life because there was four Johns in my primary class, so yeah, I was always called wee John. Um, and yeah, <laughs> even school friends when you're like twenty six, are like, is wee John coming out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, I was wee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the question that I do ask everyone, because it's called the bra and the brave, is what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, that's a good one. My favourite Scots phrase. Yeah, it's got to be Hilaria by Francine Josie. <laughs> well, that's a first. No one said that. In the 191 episodes that I've done. So well done. Well, there you go. By the way, well done. 198 episodes. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm just enjoying myself. This is what happens when you find something you love. I know somebody says that. Do you? Hi. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. I can't thank you enough. I know how much of a busy human you are. And this expels energy just the same as anything else. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. It was lovely to meet you online. Thanks so much for having me on, honestly. I've been listening to some of the episodes. They've been brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, I'll, I'll be listening to some more. Thanks. And um, I'll see you when you're on stage in a month or so's time. I'll be at the panto with bells on. Have a great show today. And uh, all the best, safe travels when you're coming up the road, and um, I'll look forward to seeing you. I'll see you Christmas. Thanks, Johnny. No bother, thanks so much, that was lovely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braun the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.